You're listening to Pim Talk, the product marketing podcast, brought to you by InRiver. Welcome to PIM Talk, the podcast for product marketers, merchandisers, and PIM professionals. And every second Tuesday, we come together to share knowledge, experiences, and challenges to be able to create even better product stories. Maybe you're wondering what PIM is. PIM is a software that is all about managing all product marketing information in one place to create a rich customer experience in all channels and shorten time to market. And if you're new to PIM, check out our first episode, What is PIM? I'm your host, Thomas Schwabberg. I'm the creative director at InRiver, and we want to do this podcast for you and with you. So please contact us and tell us what topics you would like us to cover, what guests you would like to have on the show, or maybe you want to contribute in any way. So you can email us at pimtalk at inriver.com or send a message on Twitter at pimtalkpodcast. Hello, PIM lovers around the world. I hope you are good and safe and that you are ready for yet another episode of PIM Talk, the product marketing podcast, where we're going to immerse ourselves. We're going to look into 3D, AR, VR, and what the future might bring when it comes to product experiences. And I have a really interesting guest this time. So without further ado, let's go into the talk. So today I'm very happy to have Matt Gorniak, CEO of 3Kit, as a guest on the Pimp Talk podcast. So welcome, Matt. Hey, great to be here, Thomas. Thank you. Yeah. How are you? Doing good. It's Friday. It uh, yeah. feels beautiful weather here in the Chicago area, so good to be here. Well, you have been around in the business for quite some time. I think many might know you from G2 Crowd, but maybe you could uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your professional background and a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I'll start with the uh, about myself piece. Actually, I'm from Europe originally. I'm, okay. Uh, yeah, you didn't know this, did you? Well, I actually knew it because I listened to another podcast where you sort of said something about Germany. Is that correct? I'm not from Malmo, so that's, that's no. <laughs> although it looks lovely. I can't wait to visit. Uh, yeah. And then... Um, I made the joke about Malmö about being in Denmark, and you fell for it. That was good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I was born in Poland, actually by Wrocław, which is a western city. And then with six, I moved to Germany. Uh, well, uh, you know, cold, the Iron Curtain wouldn't call it much of a move, but uh, <laughs> <Okay. laughs> those were the old days. So was it on the east side or the east Germany? Or No, we moved to west Germany. We moved to... Um, uh, Ended up in Karlsruhe, which is really far west, but um, that's where I grew up and had a lovely uh, childhood there. It was wonderful. Then was 17, moved to the States. So anyway, that was not, not to delve too much into all that, but just saying like, hey, originally from Europe and really formative years they, in Germany, formative years in the States, and then got into tech and, and so forth. And <clears throat> yeah, and then initially got into manufacturing at Caterpillar. So after college in, in US and... Then there was a connection made, Caterpillar GE connection made to uh, CPQ by virtue of what, what projects were being done there. Then I uh, went into my business partner, but now my business partner and, and good friend, Goddard Abel, who actually also incidentally is from Germany. And 
started a company called Big Machines. And so then Big Machines was in 99 trying to, actually funny story, trying to be a marketplace for manufactured goods. Uh-huh. Kind of like the Amazon, like Amazon, that's easy. Let's do something really hard. You know, back then Amazon yeah. has books, obviously. And um, there's a whole wonderful story there over a beer that would, or coffee, uh, that would be a lot of fun. But anyway, that's how I sort uh-huh. of got into the B2B, I would call e-commerce world, um, which then big machines pivoted to basically what is now known as CPQ. Back then, there was no such thing as CPQ. It was... There was nothing. It was just you had ERP in the back end, and then you kind of had engineering tools, and then you had nothing for the front office. And so that that's kind of where we found our our niche, I would say. Now it's part of Oracle's CX product line. Okay. And then then we started G two. We brought that up. That was that was that is a lot of fun. G two is a really fun company, doing doing really well and kind of solving another need. So as we grew big machines, we started seeing that as buyers of software, we had nowhere to go for for advice. You know, and essentially we're like, well, what 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 marketing automation system do you pick? What, you know, and so forth and so on. And then obviously at that time, already what had happened is the consumerization of reviews happened with uh, TripAdvisor, right? Like, which hotel do you pick? Yeah. That was kind yeah. of already being answered, you know, which, which we help has done a tremendous job with restaurants. So the question is like, how come you can get more info on a pizza than you can on, on, on software? You're going <laughs> to spend, you know, a lot of investment and years and of, of, of focus for a company. And then frankly, as a vendor, we also found it frustrating that if we did really good work, there was no way to express it. You know, where do you, how, how do you tell someone that your customer loves you in, in, in a B2B yeah. enterprise software setting? You know, how do you, how do you do that? How do you bottle that up, that asset? Yeah. Isn't it hard to sort of validate the authentic, authenticity of reviews or so, or how do you work with that? That must be sort of a, a challenge. Yeah, that is a really good point. We spend a lot of time thinking about that because that is actually the, the investment and decision is very different from buying a pizza now. That's, I think, where the B2C and B2B kind of examples diverge. So we then opted to go super high quality on content and on credentials, meaning we, uh, we ask our reviewers to um, leave a review with, with their LinkedIn profile or we validate that you are a business user. Okay. Just, okay. just to make sure that that's the case because of what we just discussed, right? It's a big investment. Mm. So, yeah, we spend a lot of time mm. on that. A lot of, and there's a lot more in there than, you know, than I just mentioned here. But yeah, there's a lot of effort on quality. That's the underpinning. Yeah. And now since, was it last year you, you um, started as the CEO of 3Kit or? Yeah, that's it. Um, actually, in May, I came full on board. I was on the board for about a year now with the company. Okay. And yeah, that's right. Came on as yeah. CEO. And still in the vicinity of the CPQ space, but but now with other things as well. I'm, I mean, as I understand it, it's it's around visualization, it's around AR, it's around uh, photorealistic um, sort of uh, image generation, and so on. So tell us tell us about Three Kit, the company, how it started, and what you're doing. Yeah, no, totally. And I think there's one connection point because so G2, that was, let me jump off to another, 
Absolutely. We then we then ran um, we then bumped into another um, genius entrepreneur uh, Max Wadman who started Steelbreak, and that just that's kind of where we met Three Kit and and not directly but indirectly. So Max built basically a CPQ system natively on Salesforce, which then we grew and then became Salesforce CPQ now. That's now part of Salesforce's stack, um, doing very well. And in that process, we bumped into. 3Kid, which, by the way, was at that point called Exocortex, different name. Okay. And also founded by a genius entrepreneur called Ben Houston, who, which we, we didn't know them, but we, we, we bumped into them when we were at Salesforce working on a project which had to deal with 3D visualization. So this was a B2B customer who had sheds. There were, there were um, basically um, sheds you put in your garden, yard sheds for, you know, Equipment, yeah. garden equipment, what have you. And they were very visionary. They're like, hey, um, how do I let my customer kind of configure this on the web, you know, like visually, like to see what it is? And at that point, we're like, wow, that's really hard to do. How would we do this? We, 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 we try to do this with big machines. So we're very aware of this problem. But a lot of um, solutions we partnered with, they were a little bit too early to the game. And... You know, it wasn't fast. It wasn't picture perfect. It was more like CAD-ish, like just not really lending itself to a fast web experience that's picture perfect and beautiful. Yeah. So we're like, nah, our instinct's like, nah, like we don't do that. Like, don't even look for that. But then, you know, we stumbled into um, 3Kit and we're like, whoa, that's pretty impressive. So that was our jump off point to that. And then that opened up a whole new world we can talk about, which is like, wow, there's a huge need for this. Yeah. And with COVID, it's super accelerated, but that's kind of the how we got into that. Yeah, so you said the company was called Exocortex. It it, it leads my mind to like exoskeleton or or so like yeah. Uh, so, but but I, I guess the name then was changed to Three Kits. So, what does that mean? How that? Do you know anything about the history of the name? I I do somewhat, and I'd love to tell you a big story about it, but it was actually pretty simple. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No, but Ben and the team, actually, they've done an amazing, their background is actually um, Hollywood special effects. So that Mm. team has been, they actually, Exocortex has a name in that industry, subcontracting to uh, major Hollywood studios. And their story is how they, which I think is really a genius approach, is by working, like you literally are like, worldwide 3D expert, your your math expert on effects to write it for like Iron Man, the movie, you know, like, and make sure that the suit looks really picture perfect. Yeah. That's that background, you know, and that is beautifully applied then to e-commerce, you know, once the company was repurposed in 2015 for saying, hey, before we got in there, apply all this magic, reimagine all that, bring it to the web and apply it to e-commerce. But anyways, Exocortex, I thought, we all thought it was a cool name. Um, but then there was just like, I wouldn't see a focus group, but like family members are like, well, I was like, <laughs> so like the skeleton, kind of like what you said. And yeah, at some point actually, exactly. truthfully, like names don't matter. Mm. Hence, hence the big machine story. Like that's kind of a silly name, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, we used to joke about yeah. it, but then like if you make the brand, I don't know, that steel break isn't exactly like, you know, I love Max. Not like breaking steel, no. Max, great, great, great picking with the with the name. Uh, if you're hearing this, but um, mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, we're like, hey, it kind of doesn't matter. So we just said, hey, why don't we just call this? And I don't know how it came up, but like three kit, three D kit. That's it. Yeah, something like that. So yeah. my advice to entrepreneurs out there, like, pick a name that's 
ideally not offensive, but then the rest kind of doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You, f you feel it with, with value and, and meaning. Kind of like in river, right? Like you're in the river, I guess, right? Yeah, or the information river. I think it has you some, some, you know, connection with that, <laughs> that uh, with that sort of runs out uh, in the ocean in all the different channels. So yeah, but I mean, it seems like there is a lot of buzz around three kit now, and uh, and also the current situation. You mentioned COVID, and 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 also, I mean, new technology that has ar arisen the last uh, five or ten years. So. Talking about trends and talking about things that customers are are putting some energy in now to evolve their business, could could you tell us a little bit about what what you see customer wanting to do uh, with your product and uh, in general with their product experiences? Yeah, no, that's partly why actually to a great degree why I joined um, as a CEO full time active is that. When we got super excited about 3Kit about a year and a half ago, a year ago, it was about what we just talked about. But with the current situation, it's, and I know everyone talks about it, so it feels kind of like cliche, but it has accelerated yeah. massively. Yeah. And basically what we see is customers and, and brands and merchants just saying, hey, let's do it now. The stuff I'm telling, talking to you about is zero futuristic. It's, off-the-shelf, commercially available technology. And I think like any human human beings, right, we're kind of lagging adoption. Like, why would we change if we don't have to? Mm. So not as a change agent. Bam, there it is. So I'll give you an example. The If you look at like the furniture industry, for instance, right, just to pick one, and we can talk about all of them. Um, yeah. But as like the classic retail experience, um, beautiful stuff. You need it in your house. I, I don't think anyone can argue unless you're totally stoic and like live in just a bare, you know, <laughs> bare bone uh, yeah. apartment with a, with a carpet. Still a carpet, I guess, is furniture. Um, you 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 want you want it, you need it. And the current state is, you go to the store, and obviously everyone's like, "Here we go with COVID." Like, no, you can't, and it's true. In some cases, stores are now opening. Depends which country you are, whatever. For a while, you couldn't go. Uh, let's talk about like workstations, for instance. Now you work from home. You got to buy a workstation. How do you buy it? Then you go on the internet, you go to e-commerce. And, and what we see is 3D and an immersive experience, also AR, putting that that exact station, that couch, whatever, the mm. table, picture perfectly. So that's the thesis. It looks just like it's real. You can make it yours, place it in the setting, the conversion rate is like, and I'll, I'm going to give you numbers that are out there, 80, 80% to 300% higher. Mm. And it's very obvious. It is the table you want. You 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 talk to your partner. You're like, hey, um, would you like this table, this coffee machine? Yeah, that's the one. It fits in here. I mean, I'm stating the obvious, but it's one of those things. It's a very natural experience, actually. The unnatural thing is to go to the store, by the way. I'm not against stores at all. I love stores. <laughs> like I'm just saying once you do like a couch is a really good experience. Um, example, you're not going to go to the store and say, can I please take the couch with me to try it on? Yeah. So my partner can say I like the pattern or the legs on it or, or the color. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And by the way, I don't like it. Let me switch it to a different color super quick. The other part of the story is returns. Because what you see is what you get. 
the returns go way down. You literally are getting what you want. Yeah, exactly. So that's that. And and here's my, my point, right? We're seeing this happen, and I'm experiencing it firsthand now, commercially off-the-shelf technology. COVID's over at some point, is my guess, right? Or maybe not over, but maybe not what it is today. You know, I'm going to prefer to buy certain things that way because I want them in my house. Yeah. Yeah, I think I have a, an example fr from home. So right now we are trying to find a new mat to uh, mat carpet to have sort of in the living room. And my wife, she uh, yeah, she is uh, you know looking at um, websites, looking for inspiration, uh, and she found one and she ordered it home because you can take it home and you can try it out, and then if you don't like it, you can send it back. But you know this is a big mat, <laughs> and it it it, it laid around in in um, in the living room for I think a month or two before you, we actually you know send it back because it was big, it was heavy. You should uh, you know packet it and prepare it and send, go to the uh, and leave it at the postal office and so on so that was a hassle and and now she's looking on another mat that we're going to take home and you know we're going to have the whole process again so i mean if uh, be able to to see what a, a mat would look like in the living room i mean in this case would be great because it's really yeah, a big mess of uh, sending it back and forth absolutely we have a customer that sells artwork yeah and yeah. you want to put it on your wall. You want to customize your frame. You want to see the print. Well, how are you going to see it, the dimensions, right? Like, Now, there's one thing, Thomas, that's really interesting since I got into this business that I, I was not paying attention to prior. But Apple has released LiDAR in their latest iPad Pro. LiDAR. LiDAR. So I, I, I Googled it when it came out. Now, I, truthfully, I knew about it a little bit because I was following self-driving cars. But it's like a, la a laser light built in that I'm going to use very like high-level terms that allows, that basically provides measurement of the environment. So the new iPad Pros scan the environment, provide, I guess, for like from an AR perspective, depth very quickly. Okay. So now there's a, like if I had, if, you know, the, there's a joke I post on LinkedIn, but well, a fun statement. If I could write um, Tim Cook a, a letter to ask him how to advance 3D and AR, it would be to please put LiDAR in their devices. And rumor has it, I don't want to start a rumor, I, I'm reading the rumor mill, is that the new I, I, uh, iPhones would have it as well. What that means basically is that now you have a device to interact with your environment, that office you're sitting in, it will know the depth of that. Now you can start placing, you can do more with LiDAR than just that, but now you can start placing objects perfectly into that space very quickly. So there is some stuff happening where I'm sure there's a vision behind that. And um, it's, it is to bring those goods back to your home, right? Yeah, and I think Apple is one of the companies that are going to go big on AR. And it's definitely a piece of what they are doing. You're listening to Pim Talk, the product marketing podcast. And after this short break, we're going to continue talk to Matt Gorniak at 3Kit about the future of product experiences using visualization, 3D and AR. PIM stands for Product Information Management, and InRiver stands for PIM. 
Want to learn more about how your organization can benefit from PIM software? We've put together a free white paper where you can learn what you need to know about how your e-commerce platform can benefit from PIM. Go to www.pimtalk.com to download a free guide to help you better understand how PIM can work for you. That's www.pimtalk.com. So what different things can you do uh, if you have your products sort of visualized with 3Kit? I mean, you, you have mentioned here that you could sort of use AR to place them in your home. I think you also talked a little bit about configuration and so on and e-commerce, but maybe you could elaborate a little bit about that, how, what actually you can do. Uh, with your products in, in such a scenario? No, of course. And so I think that the 3D model and, and is sort of the basis for all this. And the way we look at the world, we want to democratize 3D AR and, and to do it at scale. And then, and then we also want to give our customers um, many ways to use it, right? Once you invest in that 3D model and, and, and for all your products, what else can you do with that? So... This is where, you know, being able to configure, we talked about that, it's very important. Uh, being able to, well, I think the, the founding block for us, though, is to be able to create these models at scale, first of all. So, again, when you think as a consumer of the one product you're looking at, that's not the way a brand looks at or manufacturer. They have thousands of couches with millions of permutations that you could choose. So, first of all, we 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 help the manufacturer generate this content 3D at scale, um, so you can experience that. Then the output is AR. It could be VR. You and I talked about this a little bit prior to the call. Yeah. Um, that's just a matter of like how you want to consume that content. If you want to do it in an Apple iPad, or you you don't need an iPad, the new one you can do it now on any phone. Um, I can send you QR code. You can place it all over your room for fun later, <laughs> but. So it works today, but you want to consume it that way or you want to create a digital twin in AR, that's great. A VR, that's wonderful. The other one is um, we also do what we call virtual photography. So the other, once you have that asset, we're like, what else can you do with it? Uh, which is actually very timely for COVID is to take those 3D assets in our admin. You can enable that module and then you can start setting it like a, you know, place them in certain angles. In, to, to mimic a 2D um, photo shoot and then render the, the, the environment behind it through 3Kit. So I'll give an example. Let's say you are um, back to furniture. I'll just keep going on that track. You have thousands of, of, of products and millions of, of options. To be able to create a picture-perfect photo shoot of them over the weekend is pretty cool stuff and mm. nine times out of ten people cannot tell it's a rendering at all yeah so in the world of content that's huge because what this converges with pim is you've got you know like retailers that demand a ton of rich rich media right because the consumer demands it they're like give me 3d well i still want to see the picture give it to me for all your products that you have available and give it to me now yeah right because Someone walks into the e-commerce website. They're like, I would like to see this couch. I can play with it in 3D. I can create my own sectional fun. Okay, let me keep going through the process. 
show me some other screenshots of this. How does it work in an in, like in a living room table in the kitchen? Yeah. So current state is yeah. to take photography, and it's very expensive. It's also very repetitive. And in COVID, actually, a lot of studios are closed. Yeah. And even if they're open, you got to bring the couch to the studio. And what happens when you change the fabric of the couch? <laughs> mm, yeah. What happens if, you know yeah. what I mean? It's, it's, it, you're in that permutation game. So that's the other one is virtual photography. Uh, and it's, it's basically back to the consumer demanding all that media. I want it rich. I want it beautiful, engaging. I want it now. Give it to me on e-commerce. Give it to me on the retailer's website. Give it to me in your proposal. Yeah, so one thing I'm thinking about, if I'm a company, let's say in the furniture business, and I want to get started with this. So, you know, I reach out to you guys and, uh, and I mean, what, what is the questions that you are asking me or what do I need to have in place in order to get this started? And do you have any sort of, um, how long time does it take to, to get, get up, do something within this space? Yeah. I mean, the nice thing with this is you, what we've seen is basically pretty much everyone starts with a bite-sized project. Yeah. So if you are a, um, in, in this case, we do, you know, furniture, construction equipment, medical, high-tech, life sciences. Yeah. Usually yeah. where we get engaged is where, where, where our customers, in this case, the prospects are struggling with creating this because they have products, configurations, different things. But usually they're like, they're, they're, they scope it for like one product line. Okay. So usually, and, and if they don't, we, we would actually suggest they do just because it makes the whole information process, gathering, scoping easier. Our all goes to mm. kind of go live in one month to two months with something, mm. something beautiful, and then it builds. Yeah, but do they send you sort of a, a 3D model to start with and some information about the uh, the configurations or so? Or the very okay, got it. So yes, so the starting point is we have to get to a 3D base model. Is they either have CAD, which we can easily import, yeah, and then and then modify to to suit our needs, or they have 3D models, or they don't have anything. In which case, we do create a 3D base model. So we we have a okay. service that does that. And then you okay. arrive at that model, and then so there's three ways to get to the mod, the base model of let's say a couch. All right. All right. And then the time is spent then, from the setup perspective, is on, in our admin platform to configure the couch to to create the layers, all the the rules that then enable it to auto generate this content. Cool. Yeah, and I've seen some of the things also that we have done together. I, I know also that, you know, we are able to visualize this within the PIM, so the PIM users also can take part of this rich way of seeing the, the products and all the different configurations and, uh, you know, um, looking at the products for, from all kinds of angles and the, that you also can in your sort of the content stores and the brand portals visualize this for your external partners as well, right? And I think you mentioned also, you know, how you can generate these 3D imagery and so on at scale. And that then that thing could be also feedback into the PIM in order to distribute it everywhere in all your channels, right? Yeah, and no, I think that's why I think, well, we, we think we see it, it's happening. It's a really good value proposition combination. Yeah. Because, you know, PIM in River, you, you allow the customers to deal with complex complexity of products in, and then mm. the infrastructure to, to push it syndicated to lots of places. 
Yeah. And we we focus on generating that content that is part of your content stream. I mean, there's more in PIM than than 3D and, and 2D images. But what we do see is, by the way, a lot of initiatives in e-commerce, and especially B2B, by the way, they, they, if you only focus on infrastructure, on the e-commerce engine, and not on the richness, yeah. your customers are like, whoa, what's this look like? Let me give you an example. Um, B2B is fascinating to me. I've been in it for a long time. And COVID is forcing B2B to really think hard about e-commerce. Or put it this way, mm. I can't think, and I'm making this up, but I cannot think of any boardroom right now that is not asking themselves a the question, what is our e-commerce strategy? Yeah, definitely. And B2B is to be, we have resellers, we have channel partners, we have complex business relationships. That's all great. But what is our strategy? And what's fascinating is when you have a B2B product, a copier, a copy system, um, construction equipment, um, medical life sciences, we deal with all those. When you deploy a workflow, I call it workflow around e-commerce, mm. you can find stuff, you can click to buy, you can select part numbers, and then let's see, PIM helps you manage all those. That's awesome. Yeah. If you sell a coffee mug, you're like, okay, that's my coffee mug. But when you sell a, a piece of construction equipment or a part or medical instrument, what is this part number? It says XYZ50-5 for $999. Like, what is this thing? Mm. Or maybe $10,000. So you right away hit the wall of like, well, wait a minute. How do I represent my product? And you hit the wall of saying, well, wait a minute. There's just not one stock photography. It's not just a mug. It's which configuration do you want? Well, you know, so that's actually fascinating for us that that is also driving the need for 3D in a big way because there's not one product. There is many ways to configure it. Yeah. But back to PIM, you need that to get it out into the world. Yeah. And also just ask in what way makes it your life easier if a customer has a PIM in place and they want to sort of uh, work with three kit for their how can you benefit from their being a pim uh, at the customer side and i think it's um it's actually a really good combination for us we love that because everything we just mentioned the benefit to the end customer just gets amplified mm. because that's the pathway to to be able to to hold the information and also to get it to omnichannel lots of different places yeah, and you need the information about all the alternatives, as you mentioned, all the different fabrics, all the different you know uh, selections that you can do, uh, and so on, and and also you know all that meta information that that could feed into sort of your engine, I guess. Right, but I mean, if you think about it, right, like we're that engine for that content, that experience, and then yeah, the vendor, the the our customers, like, well, I would like to to exist in B two B in my CPQ tool. I would like for that to exist on my B2C site as well. Yeah. And by the way, maybe I'm syndicating this out through Amazon. So how do I do this all from one place? And that's where PIM comes in, I think, very, very strongly, uh, where it's one place to manage all that. So we, we love that. We deposit in there, we integrate to it, and it goes lots of places. So great value yeah. prop for everybody. Absolutely. So I got a question here on LinkedIn from probably a friend of yours, uh, Jon Abrams at Vensi. Uh, he asks, um, 
As yet another Chicago-based company focused on the digital side of product, what are your view on the long-term implications for our region, given the many companies focus on the management, analytics, and distribution of both physical and digital consumer experiences? Um, I think the region is great for what we do, if that's the question. Yeah, I think so. That, that There are many companies in the Chicago area focusing on on this, the, uh, the uh, digital consumer experience and so on and can you see any synergies or or you know is there a lot of innovation and so within the chicago area would you say in this well so so i i understood the question i i just looked it up on on linkedin it looks like it's a it's a it's a multi multi-sentence question it's a good one um i don't know that i mean there is synergies like in river is in chicago and so is um three kit but i would say the region i, I was thinking more of like the the customers that we're trying to reach are are, are heavily are heavily um, represented in that region. Yeah, a lot of things are made yeah. in, around the Midwest that need this. I mean, not just exclusively, but where you compare it to Silicon Valley, right? A lot of goods are not made in Silicon Valley. Yes, in terms of furniture, yes. consumer brands, all that stuff. So, to answer that question, I do think there is actually very synergistic. I always thought of the Midwest. Chicago specifically have been a great place to help those type of companies, to help manufacturing, because not only can you draw from um, the customers, obviously using your stuff, um, there's also a subject matter experts. Hmm. So if you want to work with someone who has expertise in manufacturing, there is, I mean, obviously they exist everywhere. I mean, everyone's got experts in manufacturing, but but there's just a lot of them in the Midwest yeah. or life sciences. We have a lot of life science companies. Yeah. So yeah, to answer your question, I do think there is some wonderful aspects about that. Yeah. So this has been really interesting. Uh, talk about this and looking forward also to sort of our journey together within this space. Uh, think, um, think now if it's going to be in our cell phones in, in a more prominent way, the AR, this is going to explode. And uh, I would like to to end with asking you, have any plans for the weekend? <laughs> yeah, we're actually, yeah, uh, no, thank you. Thanks for having me, Thomas. Uh, it's really great get to know you personally prior to this as well. Thanks for making time. Um, yeah. Excited about the partnership. Yeah, very low-key weekend. We're actually, uh, I think we're going to just spend it outside. It's uh, maybe similar to Sweden. We only have a couple more weeks of wonderful summer left. Yeah, exactly. We'll spend it in the garden. <laughs> yeah, I have to have some good summer memories uh, to think back when the, the winter strikes again, right? We know that it can be really cold in Chicago. Oh, yeah. Very cold. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, then. But great, Matt. Thank you again for being on the show and uh, see you around. Thanks for having me. Looking at upcoming events and webinar, we have actually something tomorrow, August 26th, together with our partner Avencia about improving the contactless customer experience. And you can still sign up. And if you listen to this afterwards, you can also access the recording afterwards if you go into our website and register. On September 3rd, we also have our InRiver demo webinar that we do continuously where you can get introduced to the InRiver product marketing cloud. And last but not least, we have Pinpoint Digital 2020. This year, we're doing a digital event, both for the US and for the EMEA audience. And we have already more than a thousand 
participants. So this is going to be a really huge event and we have some exciting things on the agenda where you'll be able to follow keynotes, participate in different workshops and also meet each other. So um, looking forward to that and I hope you are signed up. Otherwise, go directly to inriver.com and sign up for Pinpoint Digital 2020. The place to be if you're a product marketeer, if you work with PIM or if you're just interested about how to accelerate your e-commerce for the future. Thank you for listening. For feedback, tips and questions, you can email us at pimtalk at inriver.com or message us at pimtalkpodcast at Twitter. Please, if you like the show, go into iTunes and give us a good review. And if you would like to see some behind-the-scenes material, bloopers and live streams, you can follow PimTalk on Instagram. See you again in two weeks. Bye. Let's talk about Pim.